Summer is just about here, which means it's time to start barbecuing again. Whether you're going to the beach or having a small cookout in your yard, Charbroil has a grill to fit your needs. If you use our link, you can get a Charbroil one-burner portable grill for just over $100, and it's perfect for wherever you need to cook. It's convenient and portable, and works just as well in the backyard as it does on the go. Just go to multipleworldproductions.com sponsors, and use our link to shop all the great products Charbroil has to offer. Hello and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. We are gathered here today because I'm going to see how long I can do this before I start laughing at myself. To honor the Arrowverse, which is now no longer a thing. It ended officially, I think officially, we can call it that, um, with the finale of The Flash that aired two nights ago on CW and went up on the CW app. Last night, or yesterday. And let's not cast aspersions about the Arrowverse. We're not going to use this as an opportunity to disparage some of the terrible, 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 terrible decisions that were made over the course of this. We're not going to talk about Gorilla Grodd going to try and kill Obama while he was in college. We're not going to talk about the 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 weird way they handled the transition between um, Kate Kane and Ryan Wilder. We're not going to talk about the entirety of season four of Arrow, including the death of Laura Lance and the miraculous re-ability to use her legs of felicity. We're not going to talk about that because this is a time to talk about the positive. We're going to talk about what worked in the Arrowverse, because say what you will about the Arrowverse, but it was, for its time, the best live-action cohesive universe that we had of DC characters. And I will not be taking questions on that. Because say what you will, but the Snyder movies were divisive. And the worst things that could be said about the Arrowverse over the course of its run was that it the effects weren't great, on a budget of $2 million an episode on cable TV. Basic cable TV. And a lot of those complaints, I feel, were levied against the show, the various shows, because of the show's decision to elevate people of color and women into leading roles. And that is not me, you know, being ridiculous about it. That is, you know, just something I've noticed regarding these shows. Before we get into the Arrowverse as a whole, and for the sake of this, we're going to omit Superman and Lois, and we're going to omit Naomi, and we're going to omit Titans and Doom Patrol, because while they share a DC multiverse in the same way that the upcoming Flash movie shares a DC multiverse, that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about the primary shows of Earth-1 slash Earth-Prime of this. We're here to talk about Arrow. We're here to talk about The Flash. We're here to talk about Supergirl. We're here to talk about Batwoman. We're here to talk about Legends of Tomorrow. That's what we're here to talk about. And let's start with The Flash. Let's start with the finale and and how the finale happened. 
loved the Cobalt Blue costume. Loved Cobalt Blue getting getting his due, finally. People have been asking for this since season one. I've been calling for it for, since season one. And it's good that we finally got that. Um, and I do like the idea of bringing back the, you know, all of the villains. That, you know, all the speedster villains who, who served a major role. Bringing back Zoom. Bringing back Thawne. Bringing back Savitar. Bringing back... Um, no, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, and having them all team up to try and kill Barry and the team. The great idea. Is it weird that they don't acknowledge that Savitar is a Barry Allen from the future that is, you know, going to kill Nora? Yes. But at the same time, that Barry Allen is not doesn't know who Nora is, and at the same time, I don't know if specifically Nora knows who Savitar is. It, it's an odd situation all around. Do I think that Max Mercury and Jesse Chambers showing up at the end and, and Avery Ho showing up at the end are there for any good reason? Besides just setting up things that, you know, this world's continuing on in the future? Not really. I mean, it's cool that we got to see the birth of Nora. We knew it was coming. Um, but I think that the Flash couldn't end on the same note that Arrow did. The Flash needed to end on an optimistic note, because that's what the show was. If Arrow was cynical and Arrow was a, a, a dark look at the worst of humanity, the Flash was the hope of the universe in the same way Supergirl was. It couldn't end with Barry giving his life. For this mission. And I think him. Getting to set things right. And fix multiple timelines. So that way. You could have Thawne. Get his 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 just his due. For everything that he did. To save everyone. In season one. Is a great send off to the character. And it lets Barry fix one of the biggest mistakes. That he made. And not he made specifically. I mean in general was made by the show. I think this, this episode may not be a perfect finale. I think this season may not have been a perfect final season. And I think that this, you know, this final batch of four episodes was not the note to go out on. I think that all the Keown stuff is ridiculous. I think that, you know, doing all of that just to have Caitlin come back at the end is just dumb. I don't know why you would do that. It's... There are so many things that I don't quite get as to what the decision-making was. It's as if that they didn't know this was going to be the final season going into it, and then they made the decision on the fly when that was not the case at all. This season was renewed as a final season. That said, this season is still stronger than season five. I would say it's stronger than portions of season six and, and, and portions of season seven and season eight. Um, I, I think that they, they did a, a fine job with this season. A passable job. And I think that this season is more watchable than the final season of Arrow. Do I think that I'm likely to go back and rewatch this show? Probably not. I like I can rewatch the first season, I can rewatch the second season. I think even the third and fourth season have elements that work, but it starts to falter after that point. Like I'll rewatch Crisis, because Crisis was great. I'll rewatch certain episodes from later on in the show. But probably not. You know, once you get past season six, it's kind of a little rough. I mean, 
Look, the modular storytelling idea was great. It worked for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it breathed a new life into that. So it worked here very well because it doesn't require you to take something that could be resolved in a few episodes and, and, and stretch it out to a full season when you don't have to. It's a, it's a great tool and I hope that more TV shows kind of do this. From what I've heard from people who have watched Law & Order, Organized Crime, they kind of do that there where it's a few multi-episode arcs that, you know, strung together into a complete season. Um... I think they learned their lesson with Cicada, and I think it served them well toward the end. I just don't think that this this last season was particularly great. Um, I stand by. I think that the issue with this finale is that it doesn't hit the highs of the Return of Oliver Queen episode. Even though you do kind of need that episode to come before the, fin the finale arc to get that final episode, I think that the best way to have handled this would have been to have the... Uh, see, and again, me rewriting on the fly, I think that... Do, do I think that the... You know, they, they probably should have done the Thon episodes right after the Time Glitch episode, then the Arrow episode, then the one where Barry goes back in time to the night of his mom's murder. I, I think that the way they handle it is great, and I think him going back to that date is great, but there's a way to do that where that is isolated out from this, because that is the high point of this last four batch of episodes. It is definitely the best episode of them, is the one where Barry um, goes back in time to the night of his mother's murder and has to reckon with that. That's the strongest point in this four-part mini series i guess is what we'll call it but it comes too quick it is too quickly used and it, and then you have to sit there three more episodes after that and i think that the the oliver episode without that you can't get the emotional resolution of barry there talking about survivor's guilt and all of that but you do need that and that episode is also great that episode when i watched it i think i said it on the show that episode felt like a series finale um, but yeah, I would say it is limping across the finish line, but most of our, of the Arrowverse did. And look, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I would say most shows, when they get to run this many seasons, end up limping across the finish line. The problem is when you limp across the finish line on season one or season two, or season three even. Once you get past season five, you're, you're, you're entitled to that limp across the finish line. And let's just talk about all the shows because it feels wrong to just talk about The Flash with everything being what it is. You know, I think that one of the strongest episodes of any of them is Barry's debut. And I think that that's kind of why some of the spinoffs didn't quite catch on, was Barry got a backdoor pilot that the rest of the shows did not. Like, I think that it got that chance. And I think that the, you know, Legends was saddled with a bad first season, which soured a lot of people out of the gate, despite having a strong pilot. I think that it was the one-two punch for Flash of having that strong pilot and then having that, um, what's it called? Having the backdoor pilot work really well, the scientist in season two of Arrow, and then go from there to, um, what's it called? To go from there to, uh, to to a show that worked really well. And then on top of it, too, we were given the chance to get to know the side characters because they debuted Caitlin and Cisco on Arrow. 
before, you know, the Flash started, which was very helpful for getting the characters acclimated to the audience. So that way the viewers knew who they were and were ready to go out of the gate. And I think that that did a lot for them. It was, you know, building a cohesive universe. And as the seasons went on, and as the universe grew with Arrow, with Legends, with Supergirl eventually on another Earth and crossing over from time to time, it's just one of those things where this universe felt more cohesive and more lived in, even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Where, from time to time, characters would pop over and pop across and just show up to do one or two episode arcs. Like, I think that like the season one of Arrow, uh, season one of Flash, and season three of Arrow are like perfect examples of that. Whereas like you'd have Flash characters show up on Arrow, Arrow characters show up on Flash, and I think it was more Arrow characters on Flash because you would get Quentin Land show up, you would get Laura Land show up, you would get Oliver Queen showed up a few times besides just the crossover Flash versus Arrow, and I think that that really helped lend credibility to the new show, which did a lot to get audiences hooked early, and and they did a great job of that. Legends, I think, if it, if that first season with Vandal Savage and, and the Hawks was better, maybe the show would have gotten more traction. Because they were, from that point on, fighting the inherently uphill battle of trying to regain viewers after a first season that didn't quite work right. It wasn't very good. And then by the time you get to season two, where it starts to get good, when you get to, you know the Justice Society, and the Legion of Doom. And then you get season three, where you get all of the um, the totems and, and all of that. And then season four was the... What was it? Season four was when Constantine showed up and became the main character. Like, that's when the show starts to get good. And unfortunately, people started to lose interest by then. And all of this kind of happens at the same time. There's kind of this weird downturn in quality that all happens at once. Because this happens... Season one of Legends is the same year as season four of Arrow which is ostensibly the worst year for Arrow. It's the show where they go, you know, it's the season where um, they bring in Damian Dark, who becomes... Uh, I, Damian Dark is great, and I think... Um, what's the actor's name who plays him? Martin McDonough. And he's got this charisma, and he's just so good in the role that to have him, you know, be this villain in such a lackluster season that's just so hard to care about it turned off a lot of people, including me, to the point where I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore, I'm just going to stick with Flash and Legends. And I think it was that confluence there. And on top of that, too, it's like, look, there was a marked downturn in quality in Season 4 of Arrow. Do not get me wrong on that. Do not, you know, do not misinterpret that. But, like, between Legends having its issues and it, it having that, and then you know, on top of the, the the issues that were plaguing Arrow, you also had this thing where Felicity was taking a more active role. And look, regardless of how you feel about Felicity, some of the decisions that they made with her in this season are ridiculous. And it became, it was the start of the lightning rod of vitriolic backlash from a certain subset of the fans that led to, not the downfall but the, the mass amount of just vitriolic hatred that would... I mean, and look, The Flash had done it before because The Flash had brought in Iris West and brought in Candace Patton to play her, and she was subject to so much racist backlash about that. And for, you know, for that to then evolve as it does over the course of these shows, um, and then for Supergirl to get it, where it's like people would take, you know, 
out of context the you know the ratings for Supergirl and be like, oh look at how bad it is. But it's like, well, you gotta put it in context or misrepresent numbers in in, in ways that are just terrible. And it it is it is you know it 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 created a narrative around these shows. It was what people talk about with Marvel and what people talk about with Disney in general. This show, the like this batch of shows were the the test subject for that. They were the the ground zero. It was like that in Ghostbusters 2016 were the ground zero for like how can we frame coverage of these shows to to make it seem like we're like like they're trying to push an agenda. We're not. They are. And it worked to an extent. It didn't alter the the core fan base who was watching it, but it did impact the, you know, the the eventual and and that did kind of define the narrative from then on. Where and, and on top of that too, it was also the same time where this was twenty thirteen was Man of Steel, twenty sixteen was Batman v Superman, and it was it was taking a more lighthearted approach to the superheroes. And it was something that the Snyder fan base was not happy with because it had its fan base and the Snyder fan base had its fan base and it was this feeling that it was undermining it. There were times where, you know, when we were talking about who should play the Flash, and people were like, oh, well, why not just use Grant Gustin? Because he's great. And they're like, no, 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 no. He doesn't fit because his is too goofy for our universe. And it's like, really? I mean, he interacts with the Green Arrow on a fairly regular basis, and those stories are pretty grounded and dark. Um, but whatever. I mean, whatever Zack Snyder wants to do. Look at how that turned out. I mean, you know, we got Ezra Miller playing the Flash now. And uh, when his movie opens, in, or when their movie opens in, in two weeks, it's projected to do seventy million dollars at the box office. And you know what? You know, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, it would have done better with Grant. But I, I'll say this: I you don't see that many complaints about his portrayal of Barry Allen as much as you do about his portrayal as much as you do about uh, Ezra Miller's portrayal of Barry 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 Allen in. Um, What's it called in uh, in Justice League? It were um, well, yeah, just Justice League. It's you know, I I we'll see, we'll see how the movie turns out. But you know, oh well. And at the end of the day, I mean, look, I I I, I think that this this universe got a lot of undeserved hate. Were there bad decisions? Yes. I'm not saying there weren't. I'm not saying the universe was perfect. I'm not saying that they made every conceivable correct decision. Or even half of the correct decisions. I'm saying it was definitely more fun to watch than the majority of what was put out in movies in the same time frame from DC. So when we look back at the Arrowverse, I'm going to choose to look at the good. I'm not going to choose to sit here and 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 just look at you know, what it is, I'm going to choose the rose-colored glasses approach. Because I don't know about you, but I'd rather think back on, you know, the 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 first crossover with Supergirl and The Flash, where Flash ends up in National City in, in season one of Supergirl. And you get that great chemistry between uh, Melissa and Grant, and they, they just carry that through every crossover from there on out. I'm going to think of Crisis, specifically the third episode, where Black Lightning shows up, and um, after his entire universe has been killed, and they explain the situation to him, and his first answer is, 
what can I do to stop that from happening here? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look back on the, the entire, like, you know, that the episodes where Barry goes into the speed force and Grant just gets these moments to show off his acting abilities and really just be his own person and, 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 and really bring life to this character in a way that the show really doesn't give it like the runaway dinosaur or the episode with, um, there was another one where he goes into the speed force in season three. Those episodes are fantastic. The, the Barry prison arc in season four, for lack of, for, 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 it, it is what it is, but it's not terrible. The hundredth episode of The Flash, before you get to the end when they try to take down Cicada, is great. With Barry and Nora going back in time through the entire show to get the things they need to try and take down Cicada. That is a great episode, up until the end. Um, like, the finale of season one is some of the best television on basic cable in a while. And there hasn't really been anything that matched it. Or like on Arrow. Like season two of Arrow is fantastic television. With with Oliver facing off against Deathstroke. You know. Season four of Supergirl. With Supergirl and Agent Liberty. Played by Sam Witwer. Is phenomenal. Um, what else What else am I missing? Season one of Black Lightning is great. Um, Legends of Tomorrow. The... The episode, um, what was it? Here I go again. The time loop episode with uh, Zari and um, and um, and Steel or, or Nate having to work out how to get out of this Groundhog Day situation. It, it's all so there. There are so many hidden gems in here where it's like, and that episode where it's like, you know, yeah, they spent a good amount of time in the last part of Crisis on Earth X dealing with the death of Martin Stein in a way that's like, this is uncomfortable for the final part where it's like, oh, and now he's dead. Oh, and now we're mourning his death. Oh, and now we're going to go to his wife and tell his wife that he's dead. It, it, it's, it's weird. Um, but, it's, you know, after a certain point, Legends of Tomorrow figured out it can't take itself seriously. And once it did that, it really hit the ground and, and, uh, and, and became something special. Um, or, you know... I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that there's more positive than negative. And the negatives are more systemic issues and, and you can if you can overlook those, you can over you can you can get through to a lot of really great storytelling. And that's what the Arrowverse was. And now that it's gone. And we are worse off for it. You know, maybe Justice U could have been good. And maybe HBO Max will pick it up. I don't think it's likely, but it's possible. Um and, and I think we are entirely worse off for them, for, you know, for this. Unless the new DC Universe comes back. Um, but this DC Universe will not need to let, be lent credibility by the Arrowverse. And everyone going to see The Flash should go and watch Part 4 of Crisis on Infinite Earths beforehand. Because it is where Movie Barry gets to call himself The Flash. And let that sink in. And keep that in mind when you go to see that movie. That the character that Zack brought to the screen was not ever called The Flash until he interacted with C.W. Barry. And C.W. Barry was like, oh, I'm The Flash. And he's like, oh, The Flash, that's a good name. But we'll wrap up there for today.
And until our next episode, have a great rest of your week. If you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our other shows. We have Beware of Spoilers, where we talk about new release movies. We have 30-minute reviews, where we talk about older stuff and current events in the entertainment industry. And we have Exploring Hyperspace Lanes, where every week Josie and I get together to talk about random stuff in our lives. And also, we rank and review everything Star Wars. Old stuff, new stuff, all of it. And you can find all of these shows on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Or, to get it simply, you just go to BewareOfSpoilers.com, or ExploringHyperspaceLanes.com, or 30MinuteReviews.com, and it'll redirect you right to the Spotify page. Uh, Thank you, and uh, thank you for enjoying our content.